Croissant and welcome to Tales for Wales, the pod that never fails to be that beautiful spark of New Year's warmth in an otherwise bleak, depressing as fuck January. That's right, we are your only path to mental well-being. Without us, you're <laughs> fucked, you're gonzo, you do lally tapped. So if you don't if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for your lovely hosts, which is of course me, and as ever, I'm joined by none other than my fellow Welsh kinsmen. A brother that bleeds with me on the battlefield that is amateur history podcasting. <laughs> keep the gold, keep the myrrh, I'll just have the frankincense. <laughs> it's me old pal Frankie. So that's good gear. Um, you you didn't I say who you were. over that one. You, you didn't oh, even did say I not? No, shit. <laughs> you just said it's me. <laughs> oh, a measly nine out of ten on the scoreboard. So well. <laughs> yeah, it was very good by that little hiccup. Um so yeah, apologies for calling you out on that like a right little tit. Hey, you couldn't on. let me enjoy myself, could you? <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> oh, oh, you dirty Bertie! Is that? Don't tell me that's like a fucking Pepsi Max, is it? It is a. Oh no no no! It's it's a. No, I wasn't saying it is. Um, oh, I, I'm I'm just teasing you a second. <laughs> oh. Um, I'll. Uh, how do I? How do I frame this now? Sorry, can you hear a drilling in the background? Drilling, no. Yeah, I'm drilling, mate. M's a, my, my partner's putting up a, a wardrobe without me. <laughs> you've you've gone. Yeah, yeah. Crack on, love. I'm just gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna crack open a carlin with my mate on a podcast. <laughs> well, no, it's not a carlin because I'm doing dry January, as you well know. Mm. Um, and because uh, I'm trying to, I'm getting married this year, so uh, I've taken up like anything I do, I go to like quite the extremes quite quickly. Like I'm quite a, you know. Um, I'm an all-in kind of guy, so uh, yeah. I, I've done two five k's in three days, and I've never done. I've done a five k in six years. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not a jogger by any yeah, means, but so I've done two back to back, and um, I had no booze so far. But I thought, you know, this is the real test. What are we in? nine days into January? Um, and I thought <laughs> the real test this is what they call the wall in the <laughs> yeah. running world. Well, the real test is me and you doing a pod without any alcohol. Um, so I true. thought, you know, I, I don't, I didn't want to have those alcoholic-free beers because I thought well, the point of me doing this is to not gain weight, and you get they're probably calorific. Mm. But um, I've gone for an Erdinger alcohol-free because they, they spell it in like German, so it's it's A L K O H O L F R E I alcohol. And then he did yes. something I would never do. <laughs> and then Timothy Treadwell, he did something I would never do. He spoke to the bears. <laughs> We got to put that clip. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) For those those who don't know, just think we're fucking mad. They're just going. Why have they done the German accent all of a sudden? Oh, Timothy Treadwell. He did something I would never do. Alan Franks did something I would never do. Have an Erdinger alcohol free. Alcohol free. So that's the first time I've never had alcohol free beer in my life. Um, Mm. So I just poured that now. I don't know why I'm saying it like I'm a YouTube reviewer, but I'm going to test it now um, live on pod. Um, yeah. Go on. What's your verdict? Well, you know me. I like my lager to taste like fuck all, and yeah, I want it piss. to be like piss. I want it to mm. be pretty much see through, like Carlin, uh, Stella, um, uh, a size, um, probably a bit more tasty. But you know me. I like my bog standard yeah. shit lagers. Um, this year is on the edge of being a bit hibiscusy. Uh, no, hibiscus, not a hibiscus boy. <laughs> yeah. oh, you know dear. what I mean? It's like an IPA. Yeah. Um, but it tastes like beer. That's actually not too bad. And the point is to trick your brain. So, I mean, in that respect, 
good going, I guess. Well, I, I have heard, so I spoke to my uh, a few friends who've done Dry January before. They've all recommended this is the best alcohol-free one. Um, but what's so funny about it is it brands itself as isotonic and containing vitamins. So they give it out at the end of the marathon. They, they sponsor part of the marathon. Oh, Jesus. Imagine finishing 26 miles, <laughs> giving you a pie. <laughs> it's like frothy yeah. and creeping. <laughs> but also, I've got it ice cold, so that's helping. But um, oh, yeah, yeah. I've got another one to try in a bit. So I'll, um, I'll give you another review. Sorry, I'm not, well, that is actually adventure. very good. I'm really, I'm, I've had a second sip, but now it's... For something that can't get you pissed, you're, you're, mm. you're giving it a thumbs up. It yeah. must be high. It must be decent. It must be half decent. Yeah, that, that uh, for bad. the listeners, I for one am not doing dry January. I am <laughs> you're on not a my. Quitter, are you? Uh, I'm not a quit. I never quit. Yeah. I am. Um, yeah, I'm on my fourth. I think I was only on the Budweiser. Um, another no. Yeah. Is that is that German? Uh, no. It, well, it's American, but. German roots, I imagine. German roots. Budweiser. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just found another <laughs> glass of Budweiser. <laughs> and then I put the Budweiser in the fridge. And um, don't yeah, make so I, I'm full of chocolate. <laughs> so yeah, I'm on. I'm on the Budweiser. So where where Frank's is is le- leaving the cause, leaving the um, uh, the good fight. It's all yeah. right. I'm fighting twice as hard. So it's fine. well, I'm. I so my diet plan for the wedding is no no alcohol at all this month and running every other day. I've signed up for a 10k next month um and i'm oh, not a runner geez. like i play football but i'm just not a runner i i like I, so i know anyway because apparently running is good for you you know it's good for you for losing weight in terms of getting your steps in um so next month i'm doing i'm back on the alcohol but i'm off the beers um and as, i'm not changing my diet because you can't change my diet so i'm just gonna be like well fuck that <laughs> Look, i'll get rid of the beers. i've tried but, it ain't happening but getting rid of the beers is probably saving me like four thousand calories a week so that's got to do something it's got oh yeah um, it's i did consider dropping the beers and just doing spirits myself but then because yeah. i'm going to dublin this weekend i know for a fact i'm gonna guzzle beers yeah. when i'm there so i was like what's the point doing like what 15 days 12 days of it Exactly. I mean, that probably would help quite a bit. But, uh, but <laughs> well, I, I did uh, last why, weekend. Why do it half I was trying on some wedding suits, and the, the idea was I was going to go with some, uh, with like Craig and, and my mate Geth to have beers afterwards. But I was like, oh, mm. it's the first weekend of dry jam. I can't just like fuck it off instantly. So I didn't have any. Because um, if I had like one, I might as well go for all out, all out of it. Well, but anyway, exactly. um, next month I'm doing. Back on, back off the beers still. So staying off the beers, but back on the shorts, so like rum and coke and stuff. And then mm. the month after that, I'm gonna come back to beers and maybe have you know have a couple, but not loads, and mostly stay on the shorts. But I'm giving up crisps, so <laughs> I don't. I, I'm, every month, I'm depriving myself of something, and like hopefully overall. Just for the rest of your life, you're just going to deprive yourself of one thing every month shout. until you know until you know what works until well, you can I, find I think, a, a working result. Well, normally I, I'd have all these elements: I'd have crisps, I'd have shorts, I'd have beers, um, and removing one a month, that's surely got to do something. Yeah. Like I said too, you can't you can't cut something out that you love and not get some sort of benefit. If you yeah. if you, if that's the case, just then what's the it. fucking point in it? Yeah, what's yeah. the point? Um, so yeah, that's my plan. That's my, so if you want to follow Frankie's diet, you can sign up to my regime. It's called Idiots. We've got a new podcast coming out next week. It's called Frankie's Diet and Tips, and we just <laughs> all we do is talk about giving up crisps next month, and then and then the booze, and then cakes, and then all sorts. I wanted to make a restaurant called uh, 
and it would be like really bad for you, like heart stop style burgers and like smoked ribs, and it'd be a very deep southern vibe to it. Um, mm. Food wise, not politically, <laughs> but it would be like, <laughs> yeah. you'd have like a lot of like like because I, I loved Louisiana, like Memphis and Tennessee. When I traveled America, I, I absolutely loved the deep south. Again. Food wise, not politically. And um Did we uh, uh, bring out our fog on leg on classic yeah. <laughs> oh, thing. I do our, I'm quite the southern bale, I think you'll find. <laughs> yeah. So uh, oh also keep turning your camera off. Uh, it is off, mate. Cool. Uh, it says to me <laughs> <laughs> I've got on so, yours a recording will continue once internet improves. Uh, mine says yours. recording continues smoothly. Recording continues smoothly, live video will turn when the internet improves. But I think yeah, it's still... I got that on I got that on yours, so I don't I don't know what's going on there. It's mine says it's playing against though. each other. Uh yeah, mine's alright. Mine's going on. We can keep this in. It's a look behind the curtain for uh Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not anyway. all smooth, it's not sunshines yeah. and rainbows, guys, okay? Sometimes things uh, go wrong. <laughs> yeah, you've got to learn to dance in the rain. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to make a restaurant because I love cooking and I love like that kind of food that's really bad for you. Uh, but I'd call it Fat Al's Diner, and it would spell Fatal Diner because you might die there. Ah, <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> Don't know why I said that. <laughs> that's obviously been on your mind for a while. <laughs> it's good to get it out sometimes, isn't it? Oh, and I was going to say, drain it. Uh, you know, before the Christmas, I was like having a bit mm. of an anxiety attack about my health. Um, and like I remember I was saying like how much I was just I was I was thinking um and I think I said it last week. Oh, did I go over this last week about my heart? Yeah, on the last the last one. I was gonna say oh. don't don't be showing off now how fucking what prime health you're in, thanks to the <laughs> No, to but the did docs. I say the big heart? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. did, because oh, I made God. a great little jokeette, if you recall. Oh, you did, so, which I've stolen yeah. and told everyone that is my joke. <laughs> oh, you bastard, I knew you would. <laughs> no, I gave credit. I sprinkled with credit when I told Emma. Oh, yeah. Um, she she yeah, loved it, it, but but I, did, um, I didn't, I, in work, I stole that. I was giving it the old, <laughs> I'm very upset the We've all done it. Yeah, yeah. Before, it? But I do I like to you, spread it with uh, credit when it when it's with people who'd know about it. So this is what yeah, I was gonna say they'll go, oh, I've listened, I found this really good podcast. It's called Tales from Rosebow. <laughs> Don't listen. Don't listen to that episode. <laughs> All the lies. You cannot listen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um so uh, what I was gonna say. Oh, do you wanna because it's a bit of a long I always say this, it's a bit of a long episode tonight, so should we stop our rambling? Um and yeah, do you wanna I give a little um I'll give a little review slash comment slash fucking input and um, and can mm. we mention what we're going to mention because would would it be live by the time this comes out this episode comes out uh well this one's going to come out now what is it 20, 28th 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 or the 4th will uh, be done by then yeah i reckon we'll oh, be done by then the mystery it's palpable yeah. uh i think you might be right it might be done by then. Uh, well, should we just say that our plan? Go is, on then, just do yeah. it. Um, we're we're going to blow up into it. We've we got, we've had a lot of people, a lot of you, kind listeners, have recommended for us to monetize this to not only do the month. You know, we have that like um pot people d- uh, donate to you to help run another podcast. Um, but instead of just doing that, doing an actual Patreon. So we think, hey, do you know what? We are going to do a Patreon, and we've already recorded yeah. a bunch. Uh, well, we've recorded a couple. Um, so when you sign up, oh, maybe we shouldn't say it because we don't really know all the details. 
I don't know. We can we can tease it a little sizzle. Yeah, reel. it's a little sizzle reel. All right, yeah, here you go. It's, it it's, not the, it's not a fully formed idea yet. We're sort of you know yeah. blowing in the wind a little bit. And we've got a fun. We've done some really funny episodes anyway, and we've done. Uh, <laughs> we're like going to say so ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they were. Listen, I remember. I laughed. Seriously, a lot. seriously, you yeah. want to you want to sub because well, that's so funny. Well, that first episode, I was too embarrassed to listen back to because I was so drunk. I made. <laughs> Have I you said, done it yet? Jack done it. Uh, no, I haven't. I still not listened oh, to. I'm your canary. I yeah, sent no, you down it's... the mine to check. <laughs> yeah, it's because we um... make a we make a massive faux pas like towards the end that we fuck <laughs> like it is and uh, then. What the last I like five minutes, last five minutes are us like <laughs> clambering it back. Going, no, we didn't mean it. We didn't. We we misspoke. But we misspoke. To explain it, because we don't have time to do all the research, uh, edit, and you know, do the socials, do, do everything we do for the pod, and do an extra Patreon. The whole reason we never did a Patreon was because um, we didn't have the time. But we decided like, we will do one. There seems to be an appetite for us to do one, but we don't have time to edit it, so they'll be completely unedited. So we'll just mm. record them as is and then go live. But because yeah, we thought them. that was a bit of a selling point, to be honest. Yeah. Didn't we? that you get you get the unfiltered versions of us, I guess. Yeah, but because we record them after doing like a f- like two episodes, so we were smashed by the end of it, and like um, <laughs> we we got onto a hot topic that we probably should have stayed away from. But we made a faux pas during it, so yeah, it was yeah. really funny. But I still can't bring myself to listen to it. Um, it was a, it was a bold um, it was a bold topic to bring up on the first ever <laughs> Patreon one, and yeah. it's it's what you call in a, in Welsh you call it a punk sask, right? Hot yeah. topic, hot topic, so, baby, uh, hot topic. Yeah. So yeah, that that be that little sizzle reel. So yeah. if, if you want to know yeah. what we were talking about. You're going to have to pay the piper, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to do some cool things with people who go on different tiers. Like, well, I can say this, can't I? We say, like, so yeah, if you yeah, go yeah. on one of the higher tiers, <laughs> we'll do an episode ded- uh, like on the Patreon, maybe the live feed. No, we'll do it on the Patreon, an episode dedicated to where you're from and history about your town. Um or we'll, we'll do yeah we we had a bunch of things for different for different we'll just years. tailor stuff yeah, yeah if you listen to the first episode we we had a bit oh, more yeah, of we a, do, a, a grasp on things to <laughs> yeah. we, we, we yeah. did explain it a bit better there. yeah but yeah so, we yeah. thought why not and it's like you said we, we we it's minimal effort for us in terms of editing because you get yeah. it unfiltered kind of thing but and also it's not as shall we say structured is it as um, yeah, yeah as our main ones we don't plan like and it's not necessarily all about Welsh history it's it's a bit of this, it's a bit of that. It's not a fully yeah. formed thing yet, but we're kind of going to hopefully yeah. let you guys and it's more, sort of it's drive just, us on that. We'll always do the weekly free one, um, and there's no, you know, we'll we'll always do this, um, especially with people being broke at the moment. We don't expect any. Um, it's just it's a it's a it's a more people at the moment give us money and they don't get anything back for it. So instead of doing that, we think we should probably do Patreon yeah. so people can. That's what sort of tipped the, the scales, wasn't it? Because we weren't going to do yeah. it, and then because there's some very, very lovely people who yeah. donate to the pod and stuff, and they don't get, they just get our thanks for that. So, yeah, and which... that's worth fuck all. So, we give you something more person. bang for your buck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I reckon, mate, we crack. Oh, do you want to do a little? Yeah, sorry, I did interrupt. Do you want to read oh, out the sorry. little? Yeah, yeah. So this, this is quite cool. On... Yeah. So my mate Chris sent me. Um, this he sent me a link uh, earlier this morning and this was on a reddit post and it was some guy saying that you know a lot of the uh podcasts he listens to um happen to be from wales or at least like sort of linked to wales and he was talking about like mike bubbins and alice james and all that sort of stuff uh and then the top comment on there was uh from a guy called uh keeping it session yeah, and he said 
I've been mostly listening to Tales for Wales podcast on Welsh history by two enthusiasts who like a drink. I've learned more about Wales in the last year than I have for decades. Well worth a listen if you're still on the hunt for Welsh podcasts. He's so going to be creased out now, isn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Keep I'm like, stalking you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you. Um, yeah, we... Um, uh, what an honour as well to be mentioned next to those absolute stalwarts. But coming across yeah. them in the wild is an exciting element, isn't it, of getting comments? Oh, I love it. Yeah, and that's why I sent it to you soon. I was like, oh my god, and like this is completely an organic mention for us. Yeah. So like you know, not like the rest of the page shills that we have uh, <laughs> running around on Reddit, you know. So, <laughs> so this was yeah, this was a, a big moment, and we thought we'd share it with the wider. Yeah, and it's a big thanks audience. because. People, lots of people upvoted it and people commented saying, oh, thanks, mate. I'll, I'll add that to my list. Um, I think I, uh, so that alone, you know, that, that dude shared us with other people so they can get involved in it, which is the best thing you could do. Um, just telling people about the pod is a huge help. It's beautiful, us. mate. Blood beautiful. Blood beautiful, mate. It brings two to the eye, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, I've got something to tell you. It's called history. <laughs> Buckle in. <laughs> Do a proper, do a proper link. Do oh yeah, yeah. Um, so that there was a real big surprise. And talking of big things, we've got a wine vowed, or if you literally translate it into English, bigger wine. Bigger <laughs> wine, baby. But this episode, as you'll tell from the title, is about a wine Gwynedd, or otherwise known as a wine vowed. Um, and when you see in history, in Welsh history, the word vowed after the name, like Llewellyn vowed, it just means the great. And it's like, because in, in literal English, in li- literally it would be like, yeah, big Owain, but big in terms of how important he was rather than stature. Um, yeah. Welsh can so, sometimes have like these, uh, a bit more of a nuanced meaning kind of yeah. than just the literal thing. Yeah, because so. it's a very beautiful language. It's a fucking by. very intelligent language only for the upper <laughs> echelons of brainy people. Yeah, we snuck in through the back door. Yeah, so I don't know how, well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what explains us, but there yeah. we go. Well, that's why people in like posh Welsh speakers would fucking hate us, kind of troglodytes at the bottom, <laughs> scuffing up all their language. Um, anyways, <laughs> I'm mostly going to be sharing info I've read from the book by the great Gwynfo Evans, who was uh, one of the most prominent Welsh politicians of the 20th century. Um, he was like the president of Plaid Cymru, the National Party of Wales, and he was the party's Ooh. first ever MP. And I think we went to school with his like grandson or something. Uh, we won't, we, yeah, we'll just leave that as that. <laughs> but I was, was going to say, say we'll say his name, but he probably doesn't want his name read out. Um, no, probably not. But yeah, he, so I think I must mean he's from around, roughly around our area, but he might not be. He might be West Wales. I don't know. I haven't researched it soon. <laughs> Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, I read his book. It's called The Fight for Welsh Freedom, and it chronologizes the Welsh struggle for freedom all the way from the Romans through to the Normans, through the Middle Ages, up until modern history. Um, so there's, so there, once again, back to back, uh, I've read books. This is the second week in a row that I've read books. books. And of course, I've dipped into our trusted friend Wikipedia here and there and, and three other history websites. But You got it. Uh, you got it. Yeah, we, we have. I think for a while now, we've been quite book orientated bunch of bloody nerds aren't we reading fucking letters on pits of paper ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) um so the first thing i'm gonna do is cover his early life so owen gwynedd was a member of the house of aberfrau uh the senior branch of the dynasty of rodri the great aka rodri vowed so uh yeah he's related somehow to uh, the house that's related to rodri vowed well loads of these people in history who were related to 
the big players are all from roughly the same family because Gwynedd, a lot of these people come from Gwynedd. Gwynedd was kind of the strongest place in Wales in terms of consistency and rulers and stuff like that. Um, It was also a lot of thing back in the day as well where like a lot of your oomph as a uh, a player in the bigger game would depend on your lineage as well, wouldn't it? So lots of people would say, even if it was bollocks, would be, you know, like the, or everyone apparently is like a descendant of Maxim Ledig or um, Magnus Maximus or something, you know, it, it, it bodes well to say, Oh yeah, yeah, anyone big time. I was a fucking of his yeah. bloodline type of thing. Especially because they didn't have Ancestry.com back then. They had relied on rumors <laughs> exactly, to, yeah. to, to back it up for 400 years later. Yeah, pretty sure we, you're related. We'd mate. have been the stinking boys outside the pub <laughs> covered in like pig shit going, I was I was a descendant of Max of Ledding, I was. Pure blood I am. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so his father um, was Cliffith Apkanan, who was a strong and long-lived ruler who made the Principality of Gwynedd the most influential in Wales during his 62 years of reign, uh, 62 year reign. Um, and he used the island of Anglesey, or in Welsh, Ynys Morn, his power base. Um, his mother was Angharad Ferch Owain, who was the daughter of Owain Eb, Ab Edwin of Tegainil. <laughs> Sounds like anal. That's good. Um, <laughs> that's a little bit of the lineage. These people we might cover in future ones because they're of some importance. Um, and Owain Vard was the second son in, in this. His older son was called Cash. Oh, I'll get to that in a second. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, so exciting. Yeah. Owain is thought to be born in an Ismorn around uh, 1100 or 1100, if that's whatever you pick your choice, mate, do this choice. Um, <laughs> yeah. By about 1120, so when he's around 20 years old, uh, his father had grown too old to lead his forces into battle, and Owain and his brothers Cadwallon and later Cadwallada led the forces of Gwynedd against the Normans and against other Welsh princes with great success. So his brother Cadwallon was killed in battle against the forces of the Powys in 1132, which left Owain as, their, as his kind of natural heir. And even though in Welsh... Um, custom would be um once the father dies the land and ownership and stuff like that gets split between all sons who are bastards and not bastards so usually that's the difference between england and wales where in england it would fall to the eldest son that wasn't always the case in wales but that's um Kavran, isn't it yeah Kavran. yeah I think so. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm bad for remembering the etymology and the right words for for those kind of archaic like customs. But there is a word to differentiate between uh, a sole heir and then lots of good children getting it. And mm. that was always the case within Wales because you'd split it quite equally. Um, there was loads of infighting, so brothers would turn on each other because they want more land. Whereas in England, it'd been custom that the oldest son would always get it, and that was just more the norm. So there was less kind of that the other brothers wouldn't have a big enough army to challenge the oldest son because they wouldn't have um, the whole thing. It's ironic, it. isn't it? Because I always thought like, oh, that's a much fairer way of doing yeah. it. Out, you'd be thinking, yeah. oh, well, I get my share, don't worry about. It. But that actually yeah. leads to loads more infighting and sort of like fratricide exactly. and all that sort of stuff because you think, well, if I kill my brother, I get fucking double the share. Yeah, exactly. Whereas you couldn't do that in England because your brother didn't have any share to raise like an army mm. um, anyway um this then yeah uh, i'll explain why he, he he became the heir in a second but um so that was Cadwallon. it's quite difficult especially in this episode there's so many people with similar names so Cadwallon was mm. the older brother and Cadwallader was either his age or a little bit younger because it, it looks like they're born in the same year so owain and Cadwallader, now his bro- older brother uh Cadwallon was dead Owen and Cadwallada, in alliance with Griffith at Brees of De Haybarth, won a major victory over the Normans at Creag Maud near Cardigan in 1136, and they annexed Ceredigion in their father's, into their father's realm. So Ceredigion kind of came up to uh, Gwynedd. 
um, and was under control of Gwyneth. Um, and we have a whole episode on Krieg Maud. And if we were smart enough, we could have done these in order because we did Krieg Maud. Then we did an episode on Gwent Lianne, who was married to that Griffith Atbreeth of the Haybath I just mentioned. Mm. Where really we should have done Gwent Lianne episode first. Then chronolog- chronologically it goes Gwent Lianne and, and her husband, Griffith Atbreeth, they fight for Wales for 20 years. And then there's the Battle of Krieg Maud. And then there's this continued rise of a wine bowed. However, next time we'll, uh, we talk about this era, I'm going to cover Gwent Lianne's son, Resap Griffith, who went on to be an incredible figure in Welsh history. He was known as Lord Rees um, and he oh, ended up taking yes, you'll, yeah, you'll yeah. know him if you know this era. Mm. Um, he ended up taking back even more lands from the Normans and surpassed his mother and father's uh, control. Um, also, whilst researching this, I made my very first edit to a Wikipedia article um, because Ooh. this is a confusing episode with everyone has the name of their father. Because you know, we mentioned before in Welsh, your name, but if 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 Jack was my dad, I, I'd be called <laughs> so it'd be like Frank's app Jack, it means app. The, the word the app there is like son of, so yeah, um, uh, everyone here is called like Reese App Griffiths, and then when they have a kid, they call it Griffiths App Reese, so they name it after their granddad, but then they're also named after them, yeah, so yeah. Um, someone said it was Rhys Ap Griffiths who fought with Owen Vowd at the Battle of Krieg Maud, but it was actually his father, Griffiths Ap Rhys. Confusing, like I know, but Rhys would have been five yeah. at the time of that battle. So I did my very first Wikipedia article that got accepted. Mate, uh, that's what happens when you start reading the books, mate. You start yeah, exactly. editing the Wikipedia articles then. But that's the other thing. People who are reading this online themselves would get so confused because you're like, hang on, a second ago this said this guy was only five years old. But it's, yeah, um, it's confusing enough when it's... When yeah, when you, uh, when all the names are correct, yeah, you know, let <laughs> yeah. alone if uh, yeah. they get a name fucking wrong. So anyway, at the Battle of Creek Mound, Owen's father, Griffith Apcanan, who we mentioned in the Gwyneth episode, um, and he was king of Gwyneth, he was too old for this, so we sent Owen and his brother uh, to to do this big battle. Uh, as we talked about the Creek Mound episode, the Welsh, as we talked about in the Creek Mound episode, the Welsh won this heroic victory, absolutely uh, sending the Normans packing. They like get drowned. It's really gruesome. It's uh, the first mm. big use of the Welsh longbow. Um, it's a fun episode. I'd really recommend going to give it a listen if you haven't already. <clears throat> then when Owen's dad died, he inherited a portion of Gwyneth, which um, uh, under his dad's long 60-year rule had become well-established and was really prosperous. However, he had to share it with his brother, Cadwallader, literally what we've seen a minute ago, where we said, you know, uh, the land and wealth gets shared between the sons. But then in 1143, Cadwallader was implicit or implicated in the murder of Anaroid at Griffith, who was the prince of Dehebath. Um, and the son mm. of Griffith at Brice in his first marriage before he met Gwenllian. So that man we mentioned a second ago, who was at um, at the Battle of Creek Maud as an ally, uh, Cadwallader had been implicated in the murder of his son. So this was Bloody a yeah. real betrayal, um, as Anaroid and his family from the Haybarth had both been key fa- players in supporting Gwyneth and fighting back against the Normans. Um, but he's also due to marry Owen's daughter to further strengthen Owen's power. So Owen responded by sending his son, Howell Ap Owen Gwyneth, to strip him of his lands in the north of Ceredigion. Um, this led to Cadwalda fleeing, and he went over to Ireland, where he hired a fleet from Otter, 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 the Norse-Gale king of Dublin, and landed in Abermenai in 1144 in an attempt to force Owen to return his lands. So yeah, he's gone over to Ireland, the the, the naughty brother, and he's picked up mm. Otter, the North Scale King, and he's like, right, I'm going to come back here and uh, claim back this land. But that's a hell of um, a title doesn't... That as well. It sounds cool as fuck, the North Scale King. Yeah, it is quite good, isn't it? Very yeah. cool. Um, 
but they don't have a huge amount of history about or, or acknowledgement about what happened. Uh, but from what there is available, Cadwalder apparently abandoned or escaped from his allies and made peace with his brother, who then obliged the Dubliners to leave. So something happened, and he decided not to go to war with his brother, either due to his brother's army being much better, but more well established. You know, it's they're fighting on their own home turf. Um, yeah. He might have thought the odds were too far against him, or he thought, Sounds "Oh, that's like my brother." It. Oh look, this gone far enough, and yeah. shall I just send the Dublin boys home? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> yeah. clearly going to stomp me, so yeah. I, might, I might as well send them back. So he he decided, uh, yeah. So uh, Owain sort of reconciled with his brother, but uh, from eleven forty four, Owain pretty much ruled over all of North Wales. Um, and then, like ten years later, uh, Cadwallader was driven into exile again. So he must have fucked up again. But um, I'll cover that in a little bit later. But yeah. for for a long time now, Owen had been well established as the sole ruler of uh, Gwynedd. Um, like I said, Cadwallader does come back into the fold, but I'll leave him there for now and just go back to Owen mm. Vowed. Um, so um, that's the early part of Owen's life where he uh, climbed the ladder and got his lands in Gwynedd expanded and become a. The, the so sole how, ruler. how old is he at this point? Like uh, in, the, in the story, so he's in what his mid twenties, thirties. Uh, so he'd be if he was born in eleven. Uh, it'd be between like thirties and forties by now. Okay, right. Um, let me just give you the exact date. So he'd be, yeah, thirty-five actually. The part I'm going to talk about now, he's thirty-five. Um, because so that's the early part. We he's he's now got to a point where he's thirty-five. He's well established. He's got uh his own lands under control. Um, and he's deciding to kind of expand on his current lot. Um, and mm. over in merry old England, there was something happening called the Anarchy. And the term the Anarchy was given to define a time in England and Normandy when things were going fucking batshit doolally. And it's uh, it was after the ruthless but stable and established King Henry I died in 1135. Um, Henry's heir was, uh, was his daughter, Matilda. Uh, but many English barons refused to support her and instead backed her cousin, Stephen. Um so this fight for the crown of England between Stephen and Matilda, who's confusingly sometimes called Maud, raged for 19 years. <laughs> Maud. <laughs> Maud. Maud on board. Jesus. So what I do quite like is, uh, is the, they're not called, she's not called Princess, she's called Empress Matilda, uh, which was the, her official title. Her oh. most powerful supporter was her half-brother, Robert of Gloucester, a martial lord, which, as we know, is a place down on the border of England and Wales where the Normans were given high positions of power and they ruled yeah. over the natives with an iron fist. The native Welsh, that is. Um, the martial lords took full control. Uh, so the martial lords took full advantage of the turmoil of the anarchy to bolster their own strength and further their independence from the English crown. Um, but during this time, the Welsh also took advantage of this turmoil and began casting sweeping gains of lands all across Wales that had been lost to the Normans in the last couple of decades. Um, uh, it, sound, it sounds like anarchy. It sounds very <laughs> <laughs> tumultuous. Yeah, well, the Battle of Creek Mow was a good example of that, of that very early on, um, in one of the earlier stages, because... Um, but that was just that was just one of many great important victories that happened all across Wales um, against this really all powerful Norman army who conquered England in 1066. Um, they were mm. you know one of the most powerful nations in the world, um, and they'd done so much damage to Wales, but they never fully controlled it. Um, and during this time of anarchy in Normandy in England, that power that stretched to the regions of Gwynedd and to Dehaebarth was now getting pushed all the way back into England. I sense an opportunity. Is that what yeah, I was thinking? Well, yeah, well, 
Irwin sensed that opportunity as well. And as one of the strongest, if not the strongest figure in this Welsh resurgence, with the help of Gwetlian's son, Resap Griffiths, who I'll cover another time, Owen and his men uh, pushed the Normans and uh, pushed the Normans out of much of De Heimarth and Dubed. And then in 1146, um, as this turmoil was continuing, they captured Mole Castle. Then in 1150, they captured Ruthlan, uh, Ruthlan. And then they started to push down as far as the, power, the borders of Powys. Now, it's always really important to remember that Wales was rarely united. Like It wasn't united by a motive mm. or by a leader. Uh, but under Norman rule, for the first time in a long time, they were really ready to fight together to get these bastards out. Um, but again, it's important to remember, Wales isn't one country. It's rather a series of kingdoms with their leaders yeah. or princes or kings or whatever you want to call them. They'd often be quite uh, cynical and ready to like do each other over to get a bit more land. Or if they felt like uh, one neighbor was getting too strong, they'd often preempt an attack and would um, sometimes plot against these powerful leaders like Owain with the English or the Normans. And one example of this is because Owain was getting so close to Powys, the prince of Powys, uh, Madog up Maledith, called with, uh, for assistance from Ranulf de Gunon, the fourth Earl of Chester, um, which led to this massive bloody battle at Coles Hill. Um, but again, Owen was victorious, so he was pretty unstoppable at this period, even fighting against the Welsh combined with the English. His own, his own like, yeah. It's so um, frustrating in it, you always hear about it. It's, it's, it's Taylor's oldest time when it comes to uh, Wales, specifically in the medieval period. Too busy just fucking dicking each other over to yeah. get any sort of, like you said, if, if, if at any point that the, the Wales just united together. Mm. It would we could get stuff done, but it's and this just, is like this said, is an example too, too busy fucking bickering with each other. This is one of the examples where coming together did work against the Normans. You'd have mm. people in South Wales fighting. You have people in Gwent fight having uprisings. People in De Haybarth, people in Gwynedd, um, and they came together and really did push the Normans far back. Um, and by 1153, he and Resap Griffiths, they added Ceredigion to their reconquest. Um, so things were going really, really well for Owain up at this point mm. until we hit. Uh, 1154 when Henry II properly arrived um, Henry II created a much stabler uh, England and he was reminiscent of Henry I um, and he was looking to take back the land Wales had reclaimed so when Henry invaded Gwynedd in 1157 with the support of Madog at Meredith of Powys who's that person I just mentioned who lost a battle to Owain and uh, I think it was it was actually Owen's brother Cadwallader who'd beaten Madog at Meredith um, uh, originally. So like he was still around to come back and help in these battles. So that even though he was a bit mm. of a turncoat and a rat bag, he'd helped Owen's army uh, in some important battles. Counted, yeah. Mm. Um, but this big invasion that uh, Henry started didn't go to plan. Um, his army was almost constantly dogged by these guerrilla tactics used by Owen and his men, which covered, which over time drastically reduced the English force and their morale. So it's something we always talk about with like Welsh tactics. It's just fucking constantly on the move, never in one place long. You can't have a pitched battle against them, and they're always mm. just going to be at night. You can't sleep. You get attacked. Parts of your, your uh, you know, they'll either attack your supply lines, or they'll attack the head or the rear or the middle, and then they're gone. Um, I think we um, we covered this a little bit. I. I... Correct me if I'm wrong. Did we? I don't know if we released this episode because the audio might not have been good enough. But we covered this a battle called the Battle of Cadvan, which is like essentially takes place. Uh, it's like over two days in a forest, yeah. and that really illustrates like sort of the 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 damage to morale and your just will to live, I guess, that you would have with these guerrilla tactics because you're just constantly on edge. You can't sleep. 
because you never know when the next attack is coming because it's so random and you, you, you could just be nodding off going oh should we call it a night and then some fucking javelins would come like ripping through your camp and things like that yeah it's just um it, yeah it's like i said that i i think that damage to the morale can't be like understated can it because even yeah. if you add thousands and thousands of men if you've got a couple of thousand men that just cannot fucking walk because they get the dead on their feet because they yeah. kept up all night and, it, just, and yeah, the Welsh ridiculous. would only need a couple of hundred or even less than that. It could be 50 men to, to cause that damage because you could have, mm. you'd have, they wouldn't know where the Welsh were. And I said this last week, Wales was covered in thick ancient forest before it got cut down. Um, and so much, so you could have these big English armies coming through and then you could have 50 Welshmen who knew the area really well, could just come in and cause damage and just constantly hassle. It was the same, similar what, um, what uh, William Wallace did in Scotland towards the end of his time where he had a fewer men. He would just constantly plague the English around the country and then run away really quickly. Um, so anyway, after this, um, so yeah, you mentioned that about the Cadvan. That was like a hundred years later. So Wales has always mm. done this tactic. Um, but like I said, this invasion didn't go to plan. And after tirelessly marching around Wales, Henry finally found Owen's army, uh, army when they met Eulo. Uh, I think it's Eulo. E-W-L-O-E. Eulo. Owen's army made camp to block the route to Tuthill at uh, Rithlan. Um, Henry split his main army with a smaller force that had marched to the nearby Eulol, uh, El, Eulo. El, oh God, I wish I could say it, but I don't know. I don't offend anyone from North Wales or that area. Eulo? Eulol. <laughs> Just do what feels right, mate. There's no malice in it. Yeah. Uh, Through the nearby Elwell Woods in modern day Flintshire to outflank Owen's army. So, like I'll say that again, in case it wasn't very clear. Henry split his main army uh, into a smaller force and the the main bulk of the army, and then he led a smaller force uh, through this woods to outflank the army. But ever the clever tactician, Owen foresaw this and sent a large army led by his sons David ab Gwynedd, uh, David ab Owen Gwynedd and Cunan ab Owen Gwynedd into the woods to guard Owen's main force from Henry's outflanking army. Owen then also decided to personally lead an extra 200 men through the same woods to reinforce his sons. So then when Henry's outflanking force advanced into the woods, they were completely ambushed by Owen's forces and nearly all of them were slaughtered, including the formidable constable of Chester, Eustace Fitzjohn, and some little wimp called Henry of Essex, who deserted the field, leaving the king for dead. Uh, Henry himself only narrowly avoided being killed, which uh, he was rescued by Roger, Earl of Hertford. Um, so this was a really... So he had a like bunch of bloody pooswars on his team. Yeah, and this could have drastically changed the whole course of English history had uh, he not survived. So Henry managed to escape back to the main army alive. But then uh, Owen had done this damage already. He didn't want to lose a whole army in this big open battle instead. So he decided to reposition himself at St. Asaph. But in doing so, this meant Henry could enter Rithlan. Uh, and in when he was in Rithlan, he... Um, I'll go into that in a second, actually, because he causes like untold misery there, and he just like there's no army to defend the place, so he starts to burn the shit down. Uh, but when when he was there, he was uh, one one point of Henry reaching Rithland was he was meant to meet his naval expedition there. He'd uh, orchestrated it so he'd have his army on the mainland and then his navy arrive. But instead of meeting Henry there, um, the leader of his ships, Henry Fitzroy, they. Uh, got waylaid and the descendants of plunder and this morn um and they you know they were trying to get their own riches in before they met up with the king but in doing greedy so they been ambushed yeah they got too greedy and when they landed at uh, this morn to plunder they got ambushed by a army of local local welsh soldiers and all of the english were uh defeated and nearly all of them killed including their leader henry fitzroy um Oof. 
Bad so, choice, boys. Bad choice. Henry, off the fucking earnest morn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, so things had gone really wrong for it. His whole navy had been killed. Uh, he'd lost a load of men throughout the campaign, um, which really irked him and cut, led him to viciously ransack Eastern Gwynedd and destroy like, loads of churches, loads of local population were massacred, loads of the villages burnt down. And it really shocked and disgusted so many that the holy places had been butchered by the hands of an English king. That was something that was reminiscent of like the Viking behaviour rather than uh, like mm-hmm. a God-fearing king. He, he burnt down and killed loads of Welsh churches and Welsh priests. Was this um, like at the time where um, this like uh, this sort of notion of chivalry was mm-hmm. in place as well? Like yeah. so, because the Normans were big on that, weren't they? Like they, yeah. they had a, they used to consider themselves a sort of bit better than, yeah, exactly. not well. They they the might British say Welsh, Welsh savages, yeah, brutish yeah. Welsh, because we didn't have the same kind of these notions of um, chiv- chivalric no. duty. Yeah, there were like, rules of oaths, war, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but exactly. he he, I think it kind of testament to how angry he was that he had failed. Um, but he stayed in Wales longer than he was intending to, um, and he wasn't leaving. He, you know, he was killing so much of uh, Owain's, uh, people of Owen's lands, it forced Owen to come to terms with Henry, um, and he sur- surrendered Ruthlan and other conquests in the east and had to give up the lands and hand over. And I was so mad that when you do these come to terms, you think you just kill the opposition leader? Because you just think, yeah. well, but I think either because you know you couldn't rule there, it's better to have a pacified king than a than a dead king and then loads of chances for somebody else a to rebellion rise up. Yeah. constantly yeah but um i think it's really worth remembering the size differences in welsh kingdoms versus the english slash norman mm. forces and resources um and although owen had won a lot of battles and taken out a load of english troops they were still always outnumbered and always outarmed and they were lacking in the resources to defend against such a force um to give like a uh, help you picture it by the time of Owen Glyndwr, Wales had a population a fifteenth the size uh, smaller than that of England. So easy way of saying it: England had a population fifteenth sizes bigger than Wales. <laughs> yeah, um, and it wouldn't have been too dissimilar throughout these periods. There were ebbs and flows, dependent on trade, building up towns, and plagues wiping them out again. But it was roughly always around that size. So there was, uh, I think, when Owen was around, uh, Owen Glyndwr, that is, there was around three hundred thousand people in wales um and in england it was 15 times bigger than that um it's it, no matter it's impossible to contend with those resources so even though henry had lost so much along the way lost more than the welsh had um he could still just replenish um so it led to owen having to come to these terms um 40 years after these events the scholar gerald of wales in a rare quote for these specific times wrote that owen Gwyneth said to his troops on the eve of battle for we ought to rejoice at the conduct of our adversary, for unless supported by divine assistance, we are far inferior to the English, and they by their behaviour have made God their enemy, who is able most powerfully to avenge both himself and us. We therefore must devoutly promise God that we will henceforth pay greater reverence than ever to churches and holy places. So he said this after these churches were all ransacked and killed, yeah. which is essentially him saying, like, we can't beat these guys, but God can. And if we respect and honour him, unlike what the English have done, then we haven't lost for the glory of heaven still awaits us it's, it's a good way of saying uh, lads we've got no fucking chance yeah. here god's we, god it's all and also but it's like the um yeah the moral is on our side sort of thing that you know the side of of god is is ours kind of thing because they're yeah. the ones conducting themselves in the 
what's the word? The, the word of God, if you like. Yeah, yeah, and they got God on their side, so they feel like, hey, we're, we're suffering now, but we're, in heaven we'll be re- rewarded for not being so mm. awful. Um, but then as time went on, when it got to 1160, Madog got Meredith, the guy from Paris, he died, which enabled Owain to regain territory in the east. And then in 1163, he formed one of the most powerful alliances we've ever had in Wales, which was with Rhys Ap de Haybad. Rhys Ap Griffith de Haybad, who I've mentioned throughout this episode. He is Lord Rhys, the son of Gwenllian. Um And together they joined forces once again to challenge English rule. Um, so that led King Henry again to invade Gwynedd in 1165, but instead of taking the usual route along the northern coastal plain, uh, the king's army invaded from Oswestry Street and took a route over the Bedouin hills. But now he was met with one unified army of all Welsh princes, uh, with Owain as the undisputed leader. So finally, Wales has come together to to, to show resistance. Come on, lads. But the one time they do, there wasn't really a giant battle. There were relatively small battles, like the Battle of Croigan, which we don't really know what happened there. People don't even know if there was a battle there, but there wasn't. There was lots of these small skirmishes. Um, mm. However. What really came to Wales' defence was the Welsh weather. Um, it was torrential rain, and it forced uh, Henry's army to retreat in disorder. So it was just they were it was impassable. We mentioned before that they were so much better armoured, and they'd have like all their gear yeah. and stuff. But because the ground's marshy, their horses are too heavy, and they're too heavy. Um, so once again, this infuriated Henry, and he ended up mutilating a number of Welsh hostages, including two of his sons, and he removed both their eyes. Well, he removed their eyes from both his sons. Um, Sounds so like it, a guy with his head screwed on, and <laughs> yeah. with absolutely no sort of mental illness going on at all. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's also worth pointing out that the terms of the peace agreement between Henry and Owen in the last campaign, Henry included the stipulation that Cadwallader, Owen's pesky brother, should be given his lands back. But that backfired because this time Cadwallader was more careful to cooperate closely with his brother and that helped him to recapture Redland and Prestatin castles in 1167. Um, now up in this time we've seen like Welsh kingdoms like Kings of Gwynedd and Kings of De Heberth, but rarely in history there's been people to call themselves Kings of Wales. Uh, we have princes because they're in charge of principalities um, within Wales, like Prince of Powys and things like that. But we have a record of Owain writing two letters to Louis VII of France, uh, a country the Welsh often were allies with, um, in which he describes himself as King of Wales or King of the Welsh. So he he now regards Mm. himself as King of Wales. Um, In the last of his letters to uh, Louis of France, he offered him to become a vassal for the French king, which means your country acts on behalf of another country in attacks and stuff. So um, to be a vassal, you... you, you um, do you know how to explain yeah. that better? Yeah, yeah. It's not the um, first time that sort of happened with Wales, is it? Because we were always a thorn in England's side and England yeah. was, you know, quite uh, quite consistently at war with France as well. It often sort of benefited a French king or leader to have us cause trouble at home. Yeah. Well, they caused it abroad, kind of thing, didn't they? So yeah, it's and we've sort been of like, reinforced um, and given money and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You get you get your resourced. you get bankrolled. You get some yeah. uh, some men and all that sort of stuff. Loads of people have done it. You know, like Owen Cloughgore, he tried yeah. it, didn't he? Um, Owen... They sent him with. Yeah, uh, I think Owen Glyndw. Owen probably, Glyndw he did. Yeah, he got French backup, didn't he? Yeah, I think he had seven thousand troops, which is a really mm. or maybe even more. But I think we'll cover that in a because yeah, I read about that recently that he got yeah he met a bunch of French soldiers at Fishguard. Um, but yeah, in this last letter he sent to Louis of France, this time he styled himself as Walarion Princeps, which was Prince of Wales. Um, and 
it, but this again was the first time anyone had used that title. Um, so he opted again not to be King of Wales, even though he had called himself that previously. He's opted to call himself Prince of Wales, which is the first time we've seen Prince of all the Wales put down. Mm. Um, we've um, we've covered that before. I mean that like Prince, I know in the English language you think Prince is below. Yeah, you think it's yeah. But in, son way, of in Welsh, it's Tawasog is um, it has a bit more meaning. Yeah, so it doesn't just mean uh, like son of a prince. It, it the word Tawasog it son derives the from the Welsh Tawis. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, people often think prince means it's a lesser title, meaning it's not the it's not the king. But in Welsh, Tawasog it derives from the Welsh word Tawis, which means to lead. So the literal meaning of Tawasog means the one who leads, which is slightly different to what you think when we say prince doesn't it you, you think prince, yeah you mean... i think i think it can often be misconstrued can it when you yeah. think oh prince it's like a lesser title but yeah that's only like the literal translation into english and welsh it means yeah. like a lot more and england was a kingdom wales has had principalities within those kingdoms so you would be mm. a prince of that principality rather than a king of a kingdom is it but it is quite confusing and sometimes people would choose not to call themselves king because they didn't want to piss off the english so like um sometimes it, you would be less likely to be attacked if you were regarded as a prince than you were as a king of a region that's sometimes yeah what i happened. think that was a we covered that on some other episodes when we were it yeah. was smarter in wales to call yourself a prince because it wouldn't yeah. piss off the kings in england yeah. even though um, in wales it meant sort of equivalent yeah. the same thing um so yeah uh, henry didn't invade it Gwynedd again and owen was be, was able to regain his eastern conquest recapturing wrestling castle in 1167 after a siege of three months um, next episode we do around this era, like I said, we'll do Resap Griffiths because he takes the torch on from this period now. Um, so, and he carries on to fight against Henry II and the English, and it's another great Welsh hero. Uh, and he's something really important, I think, we'll cover. Um, because often you get the Owen Glyn Dules, you get the Llewellyn Vow and mm. Llewellyn Llewellyn, but Owen and Rhys are two princes um, who are in, like really important to Welsh resistance and Welsh history. So, and they they uh they cover the thing that we start this whole thing for and that the the welsh history that you never hear of so it's perfect exactly exactly uh Granda, thanks for listening we'll um yeah we'll keep you posted on what we're going to do next for the patreon stuff but uh tell your mates leave us reviews um and yeah we'll love you goodbye forever ta-da, 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 ta-da.